We're here to talk Hellblade impressions and discuss our thoughts. You guys asked for this on Twitter, and you shall receive it. Hello and welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Uh, We put out a little poll on Twitter the other day uh, to see if you guys would be interested in a full on, I won't say full, but you know, a a elongated impressions slash discussions uh, for Hellblade. Uh, Now, the way that we were going to want to structure this is we're going to do the first half of the episode completely spoiler-free, or the first section. I'm yeah, say I was going to say, we the say first, first half. Yeah, we don't know what the time's um, going to be, really. but And then we will get to a point where we will clearly state that we are moving into spoiler territory so that we can kind of talk about our thoughts about the game once it ended. Uh, in case this is, for some odd reason, the first time that you are joining us, uh, I am Brett, your host. Alongside me, your other host, Mr. Saul Bridges. Uh, Hello. We are Triangle Squared, a PlayStation-based podcast, uh, very community-driven. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Nartech Gaming. That's our parent channel. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Podbean, and many more podcast services around the globe. Saul. Yes. Let's go into our beginning little discussions. Sure, sure. So, so Hellblade. For those of you who've listened to the most recent episode 20, we get we did light impressions uh, of the game, completely spoiler-free on there, uh, due to a, a request from a from a listener. So, Saul, you want to recap that a little bit in case these people are coming in and didn't watch that episode? Sure. So, we, uh, we both... Or listen. Yeah, we both gave it pretty good reviews. I think you gave it 8.5. Yeah. I gave it an 8. Possibly so, a 9. You know, so, there you somewhere go. Somewhere around there. Uh, we just spoiled the, the rest of the review for you. We like it. So, it's really good. And... Um, we both enjoyed it. We both have platinum to the game, so that should show how much we actually enjoyed the game. Um, and I think that it is contender for, I'd say, top five games of the year for me. I don't know about you, but I would... For the year so far, yeah. I, I'd say it's up there. I mean, I would, this, don't, don't be wrong. This has been a crazy year. I don't know if I can say top five, only specifically because you know a few games that I was just foaming at the mouth for before they even came yeah that have just been bam right at the beginning of this year right um so but i mean i I would be willing to say it's probably up there it's probably five or four yeah it's um it's it's definitely above horizon for me i enjoyed it a lot more than horizon because the experience was great um the game uses some great sound direction and um we mentioned it on twitter we probably said it in the episode for episode 20 we did you have to wear headphones when you play this game if you watch somebody let's play this game or if you watch somebody on twitch you will not get the full experience you are getting a gimped version of the experience and it sounds crazy because i've never played a game where sound was probably one of the most important factors into the experience um i'm sure there's horror games out there and stuff that do it kind of similar but i'm telling you this game made me sweat with anxiety in combat the, there was some some things we'll go into in the spoiler uh, side of things when we uh, when we go through with that. I think we kind of mentioned it in the podcast, but just in case, um, if you really want to stay kind of dark, I highly recommend it. I put about nine hours into it and platinumed it, like I said, so that's a full platinum. Um, I did not have to play the game again or anything, so that is roughly one playthrough, and I was walking around and doing all kinds of things, and uh, I think it offers a great experience for the price to point value. Okay. I would agree completely with what you're saying, Saul. 
Um, I think the game is fantastic, obviously. Uh, I, I do think that it's probably the best example of this middle-tier game we've seen in a very long time. Uh, this $30 price point is just really begging to be picked up. Most people can afford $30, and there are $60 and $40 games that are, are of similar length and uh, sometimes even lesser quality oh, in yes. terms of a presentation uh, than this game, and this game is actually cheaper. So I want to laud Ninja Theory for taking that kind of a risk and then also being fair not only to them because I think $30 is good for them to make their return off of, but it's also a good price. It's it's a lot like what I say with Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy. The the price definitely does heighten the fact that you enjoyed the experience so much and you think about the fact that you didn't have to spend much money to enjoy it that much. Right. Uh, and it kind of frames $60 games in a very different light that you can see you can enjoy a game just as much for less money. And now, of course, we do mean from a triple, a more triple A perspective. Instead of seeing some of these indie games that are obviously less money, but are just they're they're fun, but they are obviously come from a very different side of game development. Uh, so I think there's that. Uh, as far as the, the rest of what I would say is a spoiler free stuff, uh, I mean, Hellblade is just a very interesting game in every sense of the matter. I mean, it uses an interesting uh, story. Uh, not necessarily hard to follow on a surface level, but it can get surprisingly deep if you choose to dig yourself down into it. I think the game uses combat in a simplistic yet... It can get butt mashy sometimes, and it's good. Yeah, and, and, and it, the, the tension's really there, and it's simple to start, uh, but I, I wouldn't say hard to master, but it always keeps the sense of tension. Yeah, I never it, felt like there was a single fight in the game where I was like, well, this is just completely easy. I'll, yeah, I'll warn you. You're not going to buy this game for the combat. You're not going to buy it for that. Um, I will say that if you do... I, I would say that you could. The combat's great. No, I, I, think I, it, it, I would it, like to see a game actually... I mean, don't get me wrong. I would like to see them... Not that it matters. This game did a perfect job, but if I would have seen this combat in a 20-hour, 30-hour game, I still would have liked it. It's very similar to For Honor, in a way. It's that kind of double, it's like that dueling stance, you're kind of circling around. I I would be hard-pressed to find somebody who bought the game for the combat. I've kind of hearkened it to 2008 Prince of Persia, even though that was real one-on-one. The, yeah, it was like, it the, never, the way the game perspective, like, even though you get multiple enemies on you, uh, it it kind of gives you like uh, you're locked into one enemy, and that's one of the weird things about combat. And, and I actually enjoyed it. Is that when you're in combat, you're in combat. You can't. You, there's no free there's it. no way to to, it's all, to unlock from it's an almost, enemy. It's almost like a JRPG in the sense of like you run around in an area, then and there's one specific spot where enemies pop up, and you you don't have it. You can't run. So it's kind of like the Tales games in a way where yeah, you don't see the enemies necessarily. They kind of pop up, which I think is a very cool kind well, they of like, shock factor. Yeah, they materialize in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I definitely want to go into some of the design choices, and I know why they did them in terms of with the subject matter as well. Uh, the subject matter obviously being psychosis and mental illness. Um, I think the, the game, I mean, and it sounds like a little bit of a broken record, but the game is just very in, in, interesting. And every, it's, it's a every whole sense, different experience. Somebody, the, the experience is, yeah, it, it's it's bar none, you, exactly what he's saying. You have to play the game yourself to to actually understand what the experience is. One of our fans asked us on Twitter, is it a scary game? And that's a complicated an- uh, question to answer in which we can like go full on into why it is um, in the spoilers. Because like I said, we're trying to keep this 100% dark. Uh, if, you, if you're the kind of person like I am who wants to go into a game and not hear much about the mechanics and just hear if it's good or if it's bad or the gameplay, you know, that stuff. This is going to be more so um, for you because at least the first half. Because, like, as I was saying on combat, if you don't like the combat in the first hour or two hours of the game, give it like three hours because that's when it really starts to kind of open up. When it when it scales up, um, yeah, the, the combat 
I mean, it's always tense, but yeah, there's just a little bit of a, of an in between at one point where you're like, okay, this is manageable, and then the game starts to kind of throw more at you. And I'm right. not going to say the game is just impossibly hard, but the way the game kind of the tension comes from more than just the fact of the combat itself. Right. Uh, some of it comes into things that we'll cover in the spoilers part. Right. Uh, as to why that tension constantly sits on you, it's almost like a dread. It is, and it's um, like I said, dude. It's making me sweat. Like the first time I played it, two I played it for two hours, uh, three hours almost straight, about two and a half hours, and it was stressing me out. There was sounds and stuff that were kind of loud that were out of nowhere, and there were sounds that were kind of. We'll go into that here in a second. I so, guess we but, could already go ahead and go into that if you want. But any final? I mean, like, yeah, I words? think if you, I think that if, if you, what we've talked about now is enough to where I think you feel like you should know if you're interested in the game. It's right. an action game. Uh, there is, it's an action combat game. There's a lot of puzzle elements. There are points in the game where there's actually no combat uh, for a good stretch. Uh, the game. It's constantly it's paced very well the first time through, uh, and still not too terribly bad if you do want to go back and play it again. I had to go back to get the platinum because I missed a couple of lore stones, um, which is the only collectible trophy in the game. So it is a fun, easy platinum, not too terribly hard. Going through a second playthrough is not weird, uh, and I do want to say as a one to mention before we go into the spoiler part, uh, I played the game again, obviously, to get through the uh, lore stone, which I, the last one that I had missed was about three quarter in the game. Um, but I replayed the game with 60 frames per second because I play on Pro. Uh, and the first time around, I played on the uh, the 30 frames per second mode. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Replaying it anyway, let's see what this 60 frames is about. It was a very different, but still, it, the, the smoothness actually added a, a very surprising amount of fluidness to the combat that I didn't think was going to matter because the combat's not necessarily... It's, it's pretty slow and, and plotting. So the combat being that much smoother even in 60 frames per second. It was, it was interesting. I liked it a lot. And this goes to show that, yeah, 60 frames per second is literally pretty much always going to be the the, the better standard, option. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that for people who like 30 frames per second games, myself included, it's also a fine standard. Yeah. It's just playing in 60 frames really changed the way I looked at the game and felt the game. It was interesting. From the way cutscenes felt like they played out to the way combat felt like it played out, uh, it was nice. And see, and just as an, uh, uh, one last aside, uh, got to the you know got to the part that you were talking about having frame drops on the base PS4, yep. even at sixty frames per second on Pro, literally see, no that's, drops. That's what I was about to say. Is that's what contributes to my uh, you know eight instead of ten is uh, eight instead is of ten eight instead of ten. My score of an eight instead of a ten. So you would have given it a ten if it just performed better. If it performed better, it had a little other things to it. I said it contributed. Okay. Oh, okay. It wasn't the only reason. I got you. But um, there was performance issues in the end of the game. I was having my PS4 was having some really bad issues, kind of keeping along with the the pacing of it, um, and uh, it was very loud. I'm ninety nine percent sure my PS4 was overheating. At yeah, some point. And I'd be interested. I'm going to I'm going to do a tweet and see if any of our other listeners who are playing are having issues on a base PS4. And my um, cuz mine is a launch PS4, so it you, probably you, needs you to might, be clean or traded in for a pro. I think that the pro option sounds good, but you, yeah, does, but you don't does. you don't necessarily have a 4K TV, which is where some of the some of the the luster lies. Right, right. I so, do would like the the extra performance more than anything on the 1080p. Oh, well, this isn't PS4 Pro impressions. This is Hellblade impressions. So, it is. Saul, are you ready to move into the uh, spoiler section? It is. I uh, I think it's highly worth picking up for the 30 bucks, and uh, I believe you do, too. Yes. Okay. Very much so, so. we're going to give you guys probably five. Oh, and wait, the, game, the game can be a 10, by the way. 
just in case you thought I was coming down hard on Saul, I just specifically thought it was interesting that Saul would have, if that was the case, that Saul would have gave it a 10 just for performance issues no. otherwise. The game could easily be a 10 to some people, and I understand that. Like I said, I even the more I, since I've played it again, I'm leaning closer to a 9 now. Um, but let's go ahead and move on sure. to the spoilers. Um, uh, we'll give so you solid like... Clear, we'll- we're going to give you a good 10 seconds. No sound at all so that you know we are officially moving into the spoiler section of this impressions video. Four, three, two, one. Okay, we are back with our... got tired of my dancing. Yeah, we are back with our spoiler cast. So, for those of you who have beat the game, I thought the reason I mostly wanted to do this is not only did I think this game warrants a lot of discussion, uh, and just because of how the game is, and I think there's good talking points, uh, but I specifically had a couple of thoughts, and definitely replaying them, those thoughts have been reinforced, about the way this game uses its psychosis and mental illness to constantly make you wonder... What's going on? So for psychosis, so I don't know if you've looked into it too much, and I know a little bit about it before this, uh, right. but one of the most common, um, one of the most common problems from it, or what do you want to call it, uh, an effect from it, uh, is that you have hallucinations, right. and you tend to not see the actual world and its objective self. You see what you like, you see what your brain's basically forcing you to see correct yeah uh, and and the way your brain handles stuff so i think one of the most interesting parts of this game is the way that all of sinuous stuff comes together uh, in such a way that you can literally tie everything back to something that's happened to her as you continue as the game continues to feed you information everything else starts to make sense so yeah i mean do you feel like you understand where i'm going with it I do. Uh, I will say, though, that one thing you were talking about earlier, you know, off the show um, the other day, uh, there is there is some incorrectness there. Really? Yes. Uh, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about it. Sure. So go ahead and do your hella theory, because that's where the incorrect. OK, well, I'm going to go into because it's actually going to come and it's all theory. I'm not going to say any of this is exact. And I would I, I would guarantee that this is partial of what Ninja Theory wanted this game to be. The discussion is such an interesting aspect that once people beat it, I think that you'll continue to hear word of mouth spread. And even people who weren't necessarily sold on it at first may come back around due to right. positive talk. Um, so going into my hella theory, the beginning of that theory, actually, as I've continued to as I've replayed the game and started thinking about it, when the game feeds you information about everything. Uh, towards the end of the game when you finally understand who your father is, what happened to your mother, uh, what happened to Dillian, all these things. And you can actually look and see that every boss in the game is actually some form of a, almost like a, a physical manifestation of some kind of a repressed memory uh, or, or repressed situation that, that Sinew has gone through. So if you think about it, the fireman, I'm pretty sure, is actually a representation of the mother. Right. And it's, it's, the, mom, it's the suppressed memory of those, her mother burning. Right. The, for those that who, who did not pay attention to the story, her mother was burned at the stake because she was a witch. Because which, she heard voices. So right. it's about you know, in that time period. Uh, and it's actually been true for a long time up until relatively modern times. People who had mental illnesses, people didn't understand what they were. So, so they the, were, the, the most logical answer was demons or witchcraft or anything right. that it could be. Uh, it was normally some form of dark, you know, magic. Dark, dark magic or something of the likes. So the whole game is constantly basically reinforcing these few sections of her life and, and basically the, the torture mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, everything. 
that she goes through. So the fire boss uh, represents the, the the memory, the suppressed memory of her mother burning, in my opinion. This is all just where my brain went with it. So just follow that. And you could very well think something very different. Uh, then you hear the story about how she goes into the wilds, right? Right. Okay. And I think the, you know, it's the memory of her time in the wilds. You know, when you fight Val, Val Raven or Val Raven, whatever you want to call him, uh, I think that he is the physical manifestation of her time spent alone and complete that her father did her father kind of sealed her off and or are you talking about when she went off on her own when she went off on her own okay, in the you, wilderness okay i thought you meant her. i think that that was it, it's it's a physical manifestation of the hardship that she faced while trying to conquer her own darkness in the wilderness so all that is is you know hey and, and it's also a way of i'm gonna save it and, and continue so obviously when you go to fight and i can't remember his name it's like finra or something um when you fight the manifestation of your father the darkness, which is when you're running through the darkness, oh. and it's and it's if you don't get to the light quick enough, it'll, yeah. it'll suffocate you and kill you. Um, that that is actually the manifestation of her father constantly pushing down that she is dark, that she is. It's basically her father feeding her the information that she has a problem outside, right? Of some kind because of her father, her she, he did kind of punish her by sealing her. Like, uh, what was it? I forgot what where it was. It was like a cellar or something. I remember them saying, "Yeah, I thought it was they, like they, a they, or like a basement." Because yeah, if you, yeah, they exiled her in for if it wasn't a basement, I, as part of me wanted to think a well because you know when you're yeah. going through the challenges and you go into the well and then like every one of the challenges ends with a memory, right? Uh, and I feel like her going to the well is actually supposed to be part of memory. Like she was kept down in a, in a secluded, yeah, small dark section. area. Because if nothing else, it was yeah. She's, and, and that is to me what is kind of damaging to her psychosis uh, with something else that gets revealed in the end. But you're heading towards that, so I'll go ahead and let you. Okay, so on. so uh, those are the three bosses that happen before technically Hella. The interesting thing about Hella is she's not a boss. Uh, Hella is almost like a figurehead for all of your problems, right? Um, and if you really think about it, where I was going in my in my mind initially, and since I didn't have to beat the whole game over again, maybe I maybe I if I would have played through the hella part again, I would have caught on to what it was that you were talking about. But my initial impression about going through all this and learning all this is that the reason you don't fight Hella is because like I say, Hella is just your your figurehead for your problems, for your mental problems. Uh, and I think that Hella is supposed to slightly represent Sinua. And I think it's also slightly supposed to re- represent Sinua's mother. And the reason that my brain went there is uh, when it shows the uh, when it shows the flashback of your mother being burned, uh, which was at your father's hand, right. by the way. Which is um, what the big the big plot twist is that your father killed your mother instead of being a, uh, burned alive for be, uh, being a, a, a succumber of the plague, which is what it what it led you to believe. Yeah. The actual truth is that the the father killed your mother because she had psychosis or mental issues of yeah. her own which was contributed and, and, and yeah because they say that she has the, the vision and right. she has uh, the ear she can hear the voices right, and all the these ear. things uh, I don't know if it was the ear that may be just where my brain went with it but, I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> um, regardless like of it. how that ends up going down um, I thought that Hella because when it, when it shows your mom being murdered at the stake there's uh, her she's yelling at you and she's saying look away Sinua right uh, and it's specifically burning right here down this side of her face and most of the fire is still on the side of her body when you look at Hela she's human 
until this until this point, which is the same point that showed the mother being burned. Right. Out. So that's where I thought that hell is supposed to be some form of a, a representation of not only Sinua, and I thought maybe it was supposed to be like half Sinua, half her mother. See, and I agree with you on half of that because it does seem that it would be a, a spearhead almost for her problems, kind of manifestation, uh, kind of manifesting in front of her. But the thing I said that you're slightly incorrect on is that because uh, I looked into it to, to kind of get knowledge of all See, I, of all these all these gods and yeah, stuff after. Yeah. Uh, and Hella already looks like that. That wasn't something in the game. Well, Hella I, well, was, I give, I, I, and, and that's fine. But I do still think that because the whole game is the the whole point of the game is you don't know how any of that takes place. You don't know what world she's. You you're seeing that world because you're playing as her and you're seeing it through right. her eyes. But none of that probably happens. I don't think she actually goes to hell. I actually question if Dillian's even real. No, see, I think, and see, that's where you, you lost me the other day when we were talking because I think, I think that did I mention the Dillian thing the other day? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think I did. Yeah, you did. It, <laughs> that was more reinforced as we continue to play. Well, the reason I also go off of that is that when I say the game constantly is trying to confuse you and make you not trust exactly where it's saying it's going, um, I don't know if you saw this, but there's been a lot of talk, and I actually thought it myself, definitely when you started talking, um, the game tells you at the beginning that if you die enough times that this disease will take over and it right, will clean it, and you'll have to, you'll, you'll lose all progress. It's, okay? a, it's permadeath in the game. Yeah, more or less, but here's the interesting thing. Nobody that I, nobody at all that I've seen so far has, had has actually happen. had to happen. Some people think that it's purposely Ninja Theory misleading you because it adds more tension to everything in the game. And I would say every that, time you die, there's this sense of fear and dread because not only I mean, it's an interesting way to put you in Sinua's shoes, right? And in the the anguish she goes the through you because get the every time that you're going and, and and as you start to die, and I died like maybe five or six times in my first playthrough, yeah, twice in a row due to some misunderstanding of of um, walking across that beam. I didn't know you could fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was just ignorance on my part. Um, but those deaths meant so much more than in a normal game where you fall and you go, oh, man, oops. Yeah. In this game, like, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because see, now this game is only, like I said, for a full platinum for me, and I did explore a lot. Um, probably about an hour was exploring because it's somewhat linear until a couple areas that open up. But um, yeah, to have like eight hours of a game gone from you that you have to do and you're at the end, that would suck. So then putting that little plant in your mind saying, hey, this is if you die, you have to do this eight more hours and you're already, you know, almost at the end because you can kind of tell it towards the end when you're, you know, you get into Helheim and you're like, okay. Well, they start ramping you up, left. and yeah, they start ramping it up and throwing so many enemies at you at one encounter. Yeah, uh, it, it's very. It, that's where it gets the most tense. But even the first fight, you know, where you die, the the feeling of uneasiness that spread over me, even watching uh, her die, because I was like, wait. Did I just die? die? Yeah. And then, and then you know, it pans up and you see her walking towards it. It was a vision of the future. That whole thing just added so much weight to the combat. Even before that, I was like, why can't I hit these people? Every single, every part of the game, and part of that's reinforced by the fact that the game does not tell you how to do anything. Right. Uh, and, so and it's a lot of, except in a very weird way, which is the kind of thing I was dodging around uh, earlier. Is that mechanic of voices? So when you're playing. This is why we tell you to use headphones is because not only is the sound direction great, but there is voicing in the game. I would say probably around eight being the most voices you hear at one given time, eight or nine. Yeah. Um, And you hear them and they'll be whispering at you. They'll say behind you. They'll say focus where you have to use your focus mechanic. They'll uh, they'll taunt you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they'll make you doubt yourself. Yes. And it's funny because you'll have like six or seven voices saying you can't do it or it's stupid. And you'll hear two or three. And you'll hear two like, no, she can do it. Yeah. She can do it. It's 
very um, it's very uh, disheartening or disheartening to you because you're getting put in the shoes of having psychosis in a it's way. It's funny of, because the voice is saying you can't do it. Almost start to if you let yourself, like I say, definitely if you play with the headphones and you hear this audio, it's almost like the the, the voices start to make you doubt yourself. And there is the there is the point in the game where they do tell you just let it go, and you're like no, but you and are supposed you, to let it go. Yeah, but you, you just refuse, and that's the interesting that thing. Po- that part took me 20 minutes because I was sitting there just fighting enemies. I'm like no, yeah. and no. I, I refuse to give up too. And I told um, Saul had a little bit of a different experience. I told Saul I played for so long at the end, like it was probably 45 minutes that it just forced that you into the it. Death. Literally, the more I kept going, the more that this like almost like an earthquake thing happened, and it would kind of uh, make Sinua stumble, and I wouldn't be able to attack, and I'd get hit, uh, and it would happen more and more frequently the more and more I survived. Yeah. And every time I'd tell my, every time I'd keep getting up, and it was funny. It's about I told you like about probably five minutes into it, or like, or not five minutes, like probably like the fifth time I got knocked down, and it was, and I started getting knocked down a little more often, and I and it kept saying just let go. I was like, I feel like I'm probably supposed right. to, but I was like, I don't know. And that's another thing because it, the game it, keeps reeling in your head that if you die too many times, times you're gonna like die, you, so you don't want to die no matter at the what. Last part, yeah. So. Um, I guess we're. Uh, I guess I feel like we we've, we've talked about pretty much everything we kind of gushing over. There is one well, particular. There's there's, a, there's two other things I wanted to mention. So okay. one thing is, and this is something that didn't happen in the game, but I thought would have been a really interesting use. We talk about how the voices are in there, uh, and they're there during combat to guide you in a way. But I think what would have been more interesting, and they didn't use it, and don't me wrong, it would have been interesting. Doesn't necessarily mean it would have been as as useful. Um, cause it was useful as a game mechanic and it made sense within the, the realm of her psychosis. But I would have really liked if sometimes the voices would basically lie to you and they say behind yeah. you, even though something wasn't behind you. Yeah, that you, would be really cool. Because that would add even more tension because you'd be like, do I trust them or not? Right. That would be, I, I would, I would definitely agree that would be a great addition to the game. That would have been really nice. So it'd be like, dodge now. And there's not even like anybody. It'd yeah. be more interesting if they would have played it in the parts where you didn't even realize you were in combat yet. Right. So like you're just walking and then all of a sudden you hear, dodge now. And you're or, like, what the fuck? Or just behind you. So then you look around and then you like, you, you know, you rotate 108 degrees and they just start laughing at you because there's really nothing there. Or even better, they laugh at you, right? And then you turn back around and bam, enemy in front of you. That, that would see, be amazing. Again, they couldn't have over, they shouldn't have. They wouldn't Overly be able to overuse that. that, but even but once, even once would have yeah, been like, once, Whoa. maybe twice during your entire nine-hour playthrough would be great. Okay, so I think the second thing is, uh, as you start to think about the way that this game deals with everything, and the fact that the whole game is Sinua slowly trying to come to terms with her own problems, uh, the game constantly is telling you, this is Sinua finally doing what she has to do, regardless of what it's going to take her to do to, right. to conquer this, even if it's for a little bit. Um, that moment of light in her life where it's like a clarity. Yeah. Um, I thought it's interesting that if you think about it, the reason all the enemies come out of nowhere is, and a lot of times it starts happening in areas where the game already makes you feel uneasy. Right. The narration will tell you something or say something that makes you feel uneasy and then bam, there. monster. Yeah. So what I think that is, the way I kind of took it is that the reason the monsters are coming up out of nowhere is that the way Sinua's mind's working is that it's easier for, because the game constantly says the hardest battles are fought in the mind. Right. Okay, and that's saying that emotional balance, battles that you have to have with yourself to overcome. Your and that own could hero, be those instances. Is that the, the reason I think it is is that I think it's the game telling you that because you realize that every time you actually have a fight, it's because it's easier for Sinua to use her physical abilities to overcome her, instead her of issues her mental. instead of having to actually dig to the, the root of the problem. So... Well, I certainly thought it was interesting in the end there when you you know you let uh, Dillian's skull kind of fall off because you realized you couldn't have saved him, and I think that that was the whole thing. But my last point is when she walked away, 
and said, "I will have more stories to tell." Mm-hmm. It's like, no, oh, this is the beginning of it. This is the this beginning, is the beginning of, another of another story. Another story. Like yeah. yeah, it's like there we go. I'm like, this is what I want. I want another game. Maybe not Senua, but maybe something else. Like, um, I don't know anything that they can kind of incorporate these amazing game experiencing mechanics in. I would love to play through, even if it's another. Like if it's in the same universe, maybe like Hellblade instead of Sinuous Sacrifice. I, it's yeah, another I, don't, person. I don't know. It, it's very interesting. I like the idea in general uh, of of them continuing somewhere with this. Is um, grammar referred to as the Hellblade? What's that? Grammar, the, uh, the sword. Oh, is that, is that referred I don't, to as the Hellblade? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. My, if it's my, not, my, I thought the same thing when we were pulling it, but I was like, I don't, there's not enough to reinforce it. If it's not, then I really hope this series would be called Hellblade and be something else, somebody else's sacrifice or journey or somebody else's. Well, name. what if, what if they constantly lo- use grammar as and just for people who who maybe didn't catch it? It's, it's G R A M R. It's the name of the sword that yeah. you pull out of the tree. Um, if they use grammar as a constant. Uh, through line throughout the series, right? So every time, you, well, see, I think it'd be interesting. Cause every time sounds, you have to recreate grammar, and the, uh, uh, who knows? I could be wrong, but I want to say who oh, that, that sword might be in Norse mythology. I want to say that it's not, but if it's not, I feel like the, the, the things they borrowed are from Norse mythology. How you get the sword? Well, yeah. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd like it'd be cool to experience like a Greek timeline or a greek uh character and then going through like greek uh gods kind of like god of war maybe yeah or that'd be interesting. something else you know yeah that'd be, that'd cool. be interesting i think that the 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 way they did norse it just really really led to an interesting art style uh yeah. but one uh one quick thing too is you know you, you mentioned how you, you you didn't follow me with uh dillian right maybe not existing i don't want to say necessarily that he didn't exist uh See, what, if what you I, say he doesn't exist that makes me put her entire journey at like a for what thing well, because uh, let me go through because it's not that he doesn't exist. I am not necessarily certain that Dillian died. I, I basically I think it's ba- it's it's got to be true that that he went, he Dillian went, he either crazy and Dillian either existed or or Dillian was a figment of her imagination that she made up. Oh, see, so you're, taking, you're taking her two, two things, two things. Yeah, I was gonna say you're taking her development away. Go ahead. No, no, no. Ahead. But think about this: her psychosis. It's it doesn't matter. She's eventually in the end. She lets go of Dillian, regardless of how he existed. Right. Even if it was a figment of her imagination that she created to have a positive reinforcing person. In, in contrast to her dad constantly coming down on her. Right. That could be it. My other thing is that Dillian actually existed, but because of the events of things that happened, she lost him in another way. And like that, he and, could, he, he wouldn't get with her or he or, so whatever her. it be. Like, you know, he had to leave for some reason or she left and she manifests that in her mind as her losing Dillian through death. And I'm not saying that that is what happened, but I could see that. Yeah. So where, cause like I say, the whole game, you don't know what actually has happened. Right. The only, I mean, basically the only thing you know for sure happened as the dad and the mom yeah and situation. Yeah, all this stuff in the lore stones and stuff i would take that as a pretty pretty solid uh like information I, I, well it's information and I, I think what's you know there's so many more things that the game is constantly doing the game keeps talking about ragnarok and then of course she mentions that she'll fight for you in ragnarok and or she tells hella that she'll that if she will just give dillian back that she will she will fight for her in ragnarok uh, and the game constantly mentions right. Ragnarok, which is the end of the times. world. Yeah, which in is the end, the end of the world uh, battle between all the gods, basically. Right. Um, and I think what's so interesting is that maybe we do somehow see this game continue in, with Senua. Maybe not with Ragnarok. Maybe with Ragnarok. Maybe Ragnarok. I mean, I don't know because this is a, this is like I said, the game builds towards a single moment of clarity. 
but, right, she, but, I think but the, the game doesn't necessarily tell you that she's completely conquered her because here's the thing that most people will tell you I mean mental illness is not really conquerable it's, it's not yeah it's it's manageable becomes the thing it's like you learn how to manage it right and, and even in the end she couldn't and even yeah and even then there's there's surprise moments but I think that the game constantly reinforces that of you don't know what's happened you don't know what's true and because the game is so iffy on whether or not she's really overcome her entire grief or if she just had a moment of clarity and was able to move on from that specifically, who knows They they could continue to use Sinua. Uh, but I also think I would like to see her story be done yeah. because I think the way it ends is just, is I'm happy for her at the end and it's in such an odd way. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny cause Sinua is almost, she, sh- I feel like she almost shouldn't be likable, but she is. Well, see, and that's and that's why I like her drive. All the driving factors so much is that because they didn't use any of the typical woman stuff with her. They didn't. They never let. They never made her her uh, mental illness come down to some dumb playoff that that right that was. Even though like, you could argue the whole entire game is a dumb experience because, or it's a dumb excuse. I think it's well, it's a, not a dumb playoff. It's excuse. I mean, it's it's a visual representation of her psychosis. That's right. what the game is supposed to be. And even uh, a, but uh, the game didn't try and use it like oh well she can see into the future because of this one thing that's supposed to happen. Yeah. They they tried to keep it. it was a, it was a pretty original experience. Well, and, and they just they tried doing it in a more respectful manner than to right. use it as a crutch. Yeah, and see that's why I think that her is a that all everything leading up, all those driving factors to her leading up to realizing that she can't get Dillian back, and the whole thing with Druth and everybody. I think that that is what makes the game so good. And I still tell you, I don't know. No, this is where we got different. I told you the other day, I don't know if Druth exists. That not Dillian. I said Druth. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that she met him while she was in the wild. That, right. I think that might be the manifestation of who she had to create somebody who in her mind was able to help her. Yeah. Who knows? I'm not I saying mean, that's true, you, but you that's what's so funny know. about the game is that it's such a wide open area for interpretation. I would definitely, for you, for those of you who have beat it, I mean, let us, let a, I'm interested to see how much y'all agree with what I think. Uh, I think if you have any other theories, I'm definitely down to hear them because I think the game is just so I right. I just don't know if this game was meant to be interpreted in the way we that you're kind of doing i thought it was meant to be kind of straightforward i don't think so man this game is not straightforward in the slightest it is though it's, it's, it's not the only the only like the only wraparound that you're kind of using is that uh, her psychosis and you don't know if it's real or not but i feel like well, that's the boundaries they, that the, what what in the game can you honestly look at and tell me that you know for sure happened i would give everything that happened like i would I, that, that's all the narrative to her character and that's all the well the, hold on did, did she even go to hell does hell exist I'm sure it does. Like you went, don't know. So so but because you got to think at that point. This is going off of what what was known. So I mean, some of what it comes down to is that they're using things that they knew of. These are because that, that was their lore that right. existed. You know? Well, it's all and it's all real. They didn't Norse know. Lore. They didn't know the gods, but they knew of the gods. What are you talking about? Uh, in this in Norse mythology, that's oh. what Norse mythology is. The gods lived in, on Earth in a different time. Yeah, uh, and actually, this is coming into God of War, but they lived on a time. It was before the Great Migration or something. It was where they moved to Valhalla and all these weird other places yeah. like hell. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not great with Norse mythology, but um, all this stuff comes around. So you don't know the whole game. I think is I'm not going to say nothing happened, but there's no one thing in the game that you can look at and go, I know for sure that happened. I mean, you basically feel experience. like you have to know that her mother died. That's almost impossible. Yeah, that's a moment of clarity I, and, you, be, and knowing about her father. But I mean, the rest of the thing is, is that her trip through hell all happened inside of her mind. 
No, see that kind of thing. That would be like one of those things, like where you you're on a journey with somebody, then they wake up because it's a dream. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, the the game would not show way. you that because she is she does she's mentally yeah. ill. The, the game wouldn't just bam because in her world that's real. So it's kind of like a Christopher Nolan style open ending where you don't know if this is what happened or not. I guess because I mean, like I say, the way I interpret it is that it's it's real for her. Yeah, doesn't matter how real it is. Subjectively speaking, or objectively speaking, well, is that, that's all that matters, though. For that's all that matters because it's exactly, her game, because it's her story. So, that, like, so within her arc, everything that she went through was real for her. She felt that she, she experienced it. I'm not saying that you're arguing that, but no, I know. I'm just saying, like, who knows? I said, what if there's like Hellblade three, and it's like these are all patients in like a hospital or something, and it's all like their mind that you're exploring. See, that you never know. They could have to where Senya was a woman who didn't even exist in Viking times. Yeah, and for some reason, that's where her brain took her. Now that I feel like that pulls away from the psychosis in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, kind of. Because I think that they're using it more as a trope. Because it, it actually takes away from the fact that the game is using the. Uh, the, the time period because that's why she was cast out right. and why she was looked at as an abomination because of the time period they didn't understand the mental illness yeah because a lot of stuff I mean if I put out a cell phone I'm like I'm a witch I don't I'm know I'm off. interested in hearing what you guys think and whether y'all think I'm nuts y'all very well could I could be crazy <laughs> and maybe I'm taking this whole game way too metaphorically yes. uh, Saul apparently thinks it's super cut and dry I just I feel like the game does so much stuff to reinforce that it's not cut and dry uh, that I, I I will continue to believe that it doesn't matter how real it was because it was real to her, but the layer of what is and isn't real adds intrigue. I feel like the only thing is that would be disappointing is that if this was something like a dream or in her head, there should have been a a reveal that is obtuse. At some point where maybe Druth and like a, a lore stone mentioned, you know, like those who see the white Raven or something will, will know that this is all in their head. Then in some point in the game, like you see a white Raven fly by, it's like, you wouldn't realize that's what that is, but then that that's what it is. It kind of reveals the truth. It's like, I get what not, not as, it's, it's not, not as just out there as you, cause you, you, the way you said it pretty much beats you over the head, but it'd be more interesting if they do like weird, subtle things. Yes. To make you realize that this is all in her head. More importantly, it, how do you they, know they didn't? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I'm yeah. not saying. I mean, I just replayed it, but I didn't hit every lore stone. I only hit the ones I was missing. Right, and I um, still think you know. I think it's pretty much that. That's the story. This is what really happened. This is this is the her journey, and then yeah. Now some of the stuff in the journey could be taken as in her head, like you know the combat, possibly fighting her inner demons instead of those out because she can actually use physical fighting force instead of her mind, stuff like that. But I think that this whole thing was her actual journey, and then if you take away these elements, it kind of takes away the journey. Well, but the elements are still true to her. To her, though, I know. I mean, <laughs> but that, but that, it, it, it's still her journey because everything she went through forces her to change. Because she's not, even if yeah, she can have a moment to realize that it's all in her head, you can't really go through a mental still journey to, to to cure your own psychosis. So in the end, she'd still and have that's, psychosis. That, that's all it is. She's not, and like I said, the game never is clear. As, the game actually, I'm pretty sure, tells you she's not cured. Right? No, she yeah, overcomes. You still hear, you still she hear overcomes the voices. This. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, she overcome, overcomes. Do you hear billion. the voices at the end of the game? Yes, you do. As she walks away. Yes, you. Do. I thought it just went straight to music. No, um, it, you know the part where the mirrors line up and then the voices they're like, "No, they're going to get rid of me." No, and then she goes through because they're like, "If they, if she dies, then we die." And then when she went through, the, you don't hear voices for about five minutes. Then you hear the voices again. So it's implying that. Oh, I know that part. I know what you're talking about. Uh, we'll die, but yeah, I'm talking about after after she kills Hella. Do you hear the voices at all? I'm ninety nine percent. After you, you know. 
I'm, I'm 99% sure, I could be wrong, that when you throw the Dillian skull off and as you're walking away or even as you get up, there are voices. I'm going to look into it. Yeah, we'll look at a video after this. And I will, there is no annotations. We'll let you know in the comments if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, yeah, definitely let us know what y'all thought about the game and uh, what you think about what crazy stuff we have said. But until episode 21, we will see you next time. Thank Thanks. You guys.